Go Your Own Way is brought to you by HCN, your source for original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news. Enjoy the adventure! Welcome back, heroes, to Go Your Own Way, the greatest podcast of all time. This is... <laughs> Sorry. This is your host, Peter, and this week, for my character in this episode, I'll be playing um, a sexy shirtless fireman. Oh. Uh, my name is Jen. I will be an anthropomorphic eggplant. <laughs> God. I have no idea where that's going to go. Yeah. Uh, my name is Eric, and I will be playing a dude in a wheelchair. Awesome. For our listeners, um, our format this week is going to be a little bit different. Um, the past three episodes now, we've been doing one story per episode, but for this one, we decided it might be fun for each of us to choose a short story so that we actually play through three short stories in this one episode. So that should be pretty fun, I hope. It will be a blitzkrieg of storytelling. <laughs> That's one way to put it. So you listeners will get kind of a three-for-one deal. All about listener value here. That's right. And go your own way. Does anybody want to go first with their story? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. Let's learn something first. Let's learn things, guys. Take a look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs> oh, is that copyrighted? Oh. Sorry. We I might apologize. be able to get away with calling that product placement. Right? Or mm. what? Parody, right? Um, maybe. Yeah. I'm sure LeVar Burton wouldn't care, because he's rebooting the show anyway, so he probably wouldn't mind us Right, he's going to have a new theme song anyway. He might. Well, I don't know. know. He should use the old one. What? I assumed he'd dubstep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, so I speaking chose... speaking of learning. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> I chose Julius Caesar, staying alive. Uh, the comments make me think that this may be based on the Shakespeare play, Julius Caesar Staying Alive. Okay. So, if you've read that, be sure to deploy your knowledge. Is this, does, this, does this have anything to do with Staying Alive, the PG song? I have no idea, but there could be some kind of crossover in there. I think I if know. we win this one, we're going to have to play that song. <laughs> Fair. Fair. I I don't like the Bee Gees, but I will accept. Okay, that. maybe if we lose, we play it. There That'll we be go. Motivation to there not. Go. Yeah, <laughs> we want to we want to avoid having to hear the goddamn Bee Gees. <laughs> That's always a goal here on Go Your Own Way. Yeah, let's append that to their name from now on. They are now the goddamn Bee Gees. <laughs> Word. All right, are we ready to start? Yeah. Do you have a? Is there any special description of the story, or is oh? Nice? Uh, this is by Vicky underscore M, and it was made for a project in, I presume, her English class. That so, seems to be a trend with some of the stories on the site I've seen. I mean, if I knew about this site, and I had to do, like, an English project in order to demonstrate my understanding of some particular thing, or write a short story, and this is was an option, I would totally do that. Yeah. Right? Mm. Be pretty it's fun. more fun. Might be so, more work, though, than just writing something. A lot of times, making projects fun is more important than avoiding work, I find. I agree. 
You know, yeah. like every once in a while, it's just like, well, I could just bash this out, but I'd be annoyed that I had to bash it out. Or I could do something that I'll actually enjoy doing. Why not choose that? And other people can enjoy it, too. Exactly. exactly. It will live forever on the internet as a thing I got an A on and other people enjoyed. Wow. Well, I hope enjoyed? you got an A, Vicky M. <laughs> we hope we get an A when we play the story, too. That's Uh-oh. right. I hope it grades you at the end. You got a D minus <laughs> oh, no. ending. You know nothing about Julius Caesar. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, all right, let's get started then. All right. It is a wonderfully sunny day in Rome, and you're leading a large procession throughout the streets. En route to the annual foot races, you, of course, are in the middle, protected by your guards, also accompanied by some of your friends, your wife, and some grand music. You stride pridefully down the narrow way, nodding to the people, even waving a little, when suddenly you hear a shrill cry that shatters your blissful stroll. A warning. Please, my lord Caesar, please listen to me, the voice shouts, making the crowd go silent as a graveyard. You turn and see an old bearded man, draped in a cape, bearing a cane. It seems to be a soothsayer from the looks of things. Come, you say. Come, tell me what you are... What urgent matter thou hast. The man draws nearer. <laughs> I wasn't expecting for it to be all beaten down up. Shit. All right. Oh, dude, That's an A right this there. Like, this is like all Shakespearean and stuff. I know. I know my iambic pentameter is a little rusty. Oh, shoot. <laughs> I apologize. apologize, everybody. The man draws nearer, staying silent for a moment, then shouts hysterically, Beware the Ides of March! Beware of March 15th! Now what do you think of that? We have, wow, that's pretty scary. Or, ha, what a fool. Well, we want to be smart, right? Yeah. I don't know. The, my, me, eggplant me. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little Japanese schoolgirly eggplant. So hmm, okay. I think that's pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> I just an eggplant with like the big eyes and the and, and like skirt. the skirts. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an eggplant, the, so you're like, yeah. what could the skirt possibly be covering? It's an eggplant. It's an like anthropomorphic little... eggplant. So I look like a person, but I'm all purple. Okay. Oh, okay. I think maybe my vision is a little more eggplanty than yours. Well, yeah, me too. Also, maybe a little round, like an eggplant. Do you have like the cute little eggplant? Uh, the little like stingy? top leaf. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of <laughs> Instead of hair. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm glad. I wish I was really good at drawing because I would just be <laughs> sketching while we do this. <laughs> Uh, so the fireman, I don't know what he would think. Firemen are kind of, uh... They're nice, and they listen to danger. Yeah, I mean, most people in dangerous jobs are kind of superstitious, right? That's true. Yeah. So yeah, I would would personally listen to this crazy old man. I'm I'm inclined to listen to the soothsayer. Alright, wow, that's really scary. Sure, some soothsayers may just be full of it sometimes, but this guy looks like he knows what he's talking about. Don't know what that looks like on a soothsayer. <laughs> this dude he looks has a cape, legit. that means he knows what he's talking about. Right, yeah. Can't afford a cape if you're a shitty soothsayer. 
You command the laughing crowd to silence, then thank the man kindly for his warning and bid him go. Now, off to the races. As you pass through the streets, you see your best friend, Brutus, standing by the way, so you decide to go see him. What's up, old pal? (laughs) (laughs) There goes the these and thous, I guess. Yeah. You ask as you shake his hand. Brutus returns the greeting with a half-smile and a half-hearted handshake. It seems that something's troubling him. Although the races don't start for another ten minutes, you could stay and talk with your good buddy for a bit and see what's bothering him. Maybe you could help him. Then again, being late for the race would probably make you look bad. Friendship is magic, guys. (laughs) What? (laughs) We say that again. (laughs) Friendship is magic. Oh, that's true. That is true. (laughs) Unless last words are magic. Do you think that's what Julius Caesar's last words? No, I friendship is magic. Julius Caesar's actual. Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) That would be great. Just get stabbed to death by all his buddies. Friendship is magic. (laughs) Oh, irony. Uh, So I was gonna say, as a sexy fireman, it's my job not only to keep people safe but to make them feel real good. So, um, I think comforting my friend is appropriate. See, I'm in a wheelchair, and the roads in ancient Rome are not very good, so it might take me a little extra time to get to the races, and I would rather not be late. That's true. But friendship is magic. (laughs) (laughs) Um... I guess we are already on the path of following magic. We've listened to the soothsayer so far. That's true. Um, I can kind of go either way, I guess. That that's how my character would feel. But I do, I do want our story to be handicap accessible. I think keeping the ADA on our side is very important. Okay, fine. Don't say I didn't warn you, though. Fair that's enough. <laughs> That's the best. Can. That's the best warning ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to the races. So wait a minute. Do we tell him friendship is magic and then walk away to the races? Yes. Okay. Friendship is magic, but I have shit to do. <laughs> you know. That sounds, just... sounds like a great T-shirt. Right. That would be a wonderful T-shirt. You'd have wow. one of the ponies like sitting at a desk working real hard. <laughs> or wherever my little ponies work I no, assume they have like, jobs on the front it would be like the ponies together like friendship is magic and the back would be but I have shit to do <laughs> <laughs> listeners get on it give us money we'll make those t-shirts there we go alright you decide to go to the races you can always see Brutus some other time right the races weren't oh, we'll, very good. We'll see him another time. Oh, you start, you start wishing that you would have stayed with Brutus instead of being bored here. However, I told you. After the races, you see a gigantic procession of Roman officers and politicians coming co- toward you. You see the man at the very front is carrying a crown on a satin pillow. Could this be it? The moment that you become king? You slowly go to meet them, and a crowd is starting to form. The man with the pillow begins to speak. Lord Caesar, we have gathered here together to... But the rest of the words just fade into the back of your head. This is it. This is definitely it. 
The man seems to be done talking and is holding the crown towards you. What do you say? Hell yeah. <laughs> I like how this assumes that, like, the crowning ceremony would just come randomly out of nowhere with no planning. <laughs> like, it's a surprise crowning party. Don't tell him. Alright, we have three options. I'm no king. No way! And yes, bring it here now. Well, I'm no king doesn't really sound make sense seeing what he was just saying a few seconds ago. Because it seems like he does want it, and he does think he deserves it. Yeah. So no way would be kind of like the surprise answer. Yeah. And then bring it here would be the... The yeah. dictator answer? Yeah. Bring to me my rightful crown. It is mine. I'll, I'll go with no way. I'm okay with no way. I can go with no way. Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. No, no way. way. No way, dude. So you don't want to be the king? Really, really? You'd rather just be a non-king loser and blow off this awesome opportunity? Wait, did we lose? No, we have two uh, options here. God. Hey, I like being a loser. And wait, I was joking. Wait, I was joking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be all, that short. We all thought it was like like that surprise thing. So definitely joking. Yeah, we took that the wrong way. I feel like... I feel like Mass Effect did that to me all the time. I'd choose one option, and then it'd say something that oh. didn't feel like the option I chose, and I'd be like, oh uh, my god. Oh. No, I want to go back. Bad memories. <laughs> bad, bad memories. <laughs> all right. So it says, all right, smart Alec, what do you really want to say? Oh, I just couldn't. No way, or yes, bring it here now. Yes, bring it here now. I feel like that's where we're being hurt. They want us to be assertive for some reason. Yeah, alright. I guess that's what a king does. Be assertive. Be assertive. <laughs> you smile gallantly to the crowd and shout, I accept, and the crowd goes nuts. You take the crown, shove it on your head, and try to control the sudden urge to jump up and down like a maniac. You give an <laughs> awesome acceptance speech. I will make Rome much better, yada, yada, yada. Then you get your bad self home to speech. relax with a victory foot massage and bath, making sure it has lots of bubbles. Mm. That is an awesome Ooh, speech. Bubbles. <laughs> Someone knocks at the door, probably a servant, you assume. Let him in or ask who is it. Oh, dude, we're king now. We, we gotta beef up that security. We can't just let anyone in. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the sexy firefighter is used to being uh, covered in bubbles in <laughs> yeah, and nothing true. else, but I am not, and I would like to know who that is. I gotta, I gotta deal with my uh, modesty or whatever, even though I'm an eggplant and I probably have nothing going on. Well, maybe, um, I can't think. <laughs> um, sorry, oh God, sorry. The options are what? Let them in or don't? Let them in or ask who is it? Let's ask who it is. That's there's nothing wrong with that. Who is it? <laughs> <laughs> who is it? You ask. It doesn't hurt to be on the safe side, right? Just a servant, my king. You may enter. You turn to get some soap, but a sharp pain in your side stops you cold. 
Then the blows keep coming, one after another. As you slip further into the bath, you look up to see a hooded Cassius say, Long live the king indeed! And then he walks away, dagger in hand. You died the end. Really? What? We were trying to be safe. So what options were we supposed to choose? Um, I mean, maybe we were supposed to talk with, uh... Speak with him first. Yeah, I feel I guess. like... But you might die no matter what. I mean, wow. Julius Caesar dies. That's that is true. the story, but we died a little early. Come he didn't on. die in a bubble bath, as far as I know. He definitely did not die in a bubble bath. No, he dies on the steps of the console, doesn't he? I think. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. All that's coming to mind are images from the uh, Anthony Hopkins movie. <laughs> not the Shakespeare play. Well, that was educational. Yeah. Yep. No more being cautious, guys. And remember, friendship is sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jen, you are very tired. I'm a gem this this evening. <laughs> uh, Jen, do you want to do you your story next? next? Okay. If you want to, yeah. I uh, would love to. All right. All right. So up next, we have Pride and Prejudice Mystery by Hannah and Shelby. I have not read through this, so I have no idea what's a, what's going to happen. Um, have you read Pride and I'm Prejudice? Gonna, oh, it's my favorite book. So, really? Yeah. All right. I never read it, so I'm probably a so, terrible person. No, this will be interesting. All right. So... Are you ready? My body's ready. I'm prepared. You are Elizabeth Bennett, the second oldest of five daughters of a family in Victorian England. Tonight, a ball will be held at Longburn, and you're excited because a dashing young man of 5,000 pounds a year will be attending the ball as well. I had Perhaps... a weird, the weirdest image there, sorry. Oh, <laughs> of what? You, you said something about a good man of 5,000 pounds, and oh, that yeah. immediately... <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is 5,000 pounds. Jabba the Hutt is throwing this ball. <laughs> you know. But Jabba's rich, so. That's true. It still works. Even if All you're right. a slave. <laughs> Perhaps the most enthusiastic about this potential suitor is your mother, Mrs. Bennett. All she seems to care about is marrying off her daughters. The ball is crowded. You're getting sick of dancing with the same people. And there's no sign of the rich stranger. Would you like to play the piano or dance again? Well, I bust out my piano skills that I apparently have. Yeah, I'm I'm going for the piano because dancing in a wheelchair is significantly oh. less fun than you would think. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's do that. Piano. All yeah. Right. Piano. Wait a minute. Aren't pianos deadly on this show? Check for a Rottweiler. <laughs> In the world of Pride and Prejudice, what is the worst that could happen if you go to play the piano? Don't like I said, the I didn't The worst that can happen is that you will suck and that everyone at this party will be like, dude, she's not marriage material. She can't play the piano. Is that what happens? Well, let's see. Okay. Bored, you make your way over to the vacant piano stand. 
and sit down. Piano stand? What? Bench, piano? more like? After two minutes of mediocre playing, oh, God. your mother rushes through the crowd to relieve you. The gentlemen in this party have arrived, Lizzie. Come at once. That was my not British accent. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. All right, so let's greet the party with my family. Ding. Ding. You quickly learn that the aforementioned rich young gentleman's name is Mr. Bingley, and he has brought with him his two sisters, his brother-in-law, and his good friend, Mr. Darcy. You can't understand why, but you just can't take your eyes off Mr. Darcy. There's just something about him. Word on the street is that he makes 10,000 pounds a year, and he's easily the handsomest man in the room. Mr. Bingley proves to be quite lively and blends in with the Longburn crowd in no time. You would have liked to dance again, but the, in the excitement of Bingley's party's arrival, nearly everyone has stood up to dance. Without a partner, you are forced to sit this one out with your dear friend, Charlotte Lucas. You notice Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy sitting out near you, conversing. Rude though it may be to admit it, the conversation with Charlotte has grown pretty dull. So you start eavesdropping on Mr. Bingley and Mr. Darcy's conversation. <laughs> Darcy, this dance is almost over. <laughs> oh, God. I insist that you ask one of these lovely ladies to stand with you for the next one. How about the second oldest Bennet sister over there? She appears charming and is only second in looks to her elder sister. <laughs> How flattering. Thanks, douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> I will not dance with such creatures that cannot find partners themselves. She is mediocre at best. Is this vulgar ball almost over? What a tosser! How will you react to this supremely arrogant creature? Will you chew him out or laugh it off? Wait, was this Mr. Darcy who said that stuff? Oh, yeah. Dang. Can we set him on fire? Well, you know those rich people. <laughs> Can we set him on fire? That's a good... Well, I would, have to, I would just have to put it out. Because that's yeah. my job, so... No, I mean, there's no real risk to him. It'd just be a dramatic gesture. It'd be, you know, a fire for drama. Good. I don't know if that's one of the options, though. Absolutely well, not. let's <laughs> chew him out, then. You want to chew him out? Okay. Yeah. You decide to walk right on up to Mr. Darcy and give him a piece of your mind. After all, you are rightfully upset at this uncivil display, and he deserves to be knocked down a level. Excuse me, Mr. Darcy, but how can you insult someone's appearance when you yourself are dressed in ridiculously frilly high socks and a colorful overcoat? You're not dressed properly for the occasion, and secondly... But you could not finish. Your mother has made her way over, silences you, and apologizes profusely for your rudeness. Later that night, your family performs an honor killing in the town square to restore your family's good name. Game over. Oh, what? Wait, what just happened? <laughs> um, I think we just got killed by our family. What? I'm pretty yeah. sure that wasn't in the book. Definitely not in the book. What is an honor killing? <laughs> I don't know. 
Okay. <laughs> like they just drag us out to the square and slit our yeah. throats for talking improperly to a dude. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's kind of harsh. Man, That's the rough. English were a lot rougher than I thought. I thought it was all like, oh, piano playing and needlework and oh, Mr. Darcy and and dancing and shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was expecting to get like that, you know, haughty. That when, you, thing. when you say hottie, do you mean a hottie <laughs> like a shirtless fireman? No, 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 no. Hottie like H A what H A U G H T Y, right? That's yeah. how you spell it. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's what I was going for. Is that not? I thought that was like an attractive quality. I guess not. Well, I don't know. He said he wanted someone who would find their own mate, so maybe that was her way of doing it. But then. Apparently, mother didn't appreciate it. Right, and where was that bitch the whole time? Like, does she have some sort of, like, telling off radar? Maybe. Um, that one ended <laughs> a little quickly. Uh-huh. We could go back a little bit. Alright, let's go back the one. And let's laugh it off. And okay. And a bigger person. He may be rich and handsome, but Mr. Darcy clearly has none of the charm of his dear friend, Mr. Bingley. Insults from such a ridiculous person can never affect you, so you interrupt Charlotte with what you just heard. She finds it as funny as you do, and you both snigger at his idiocy. The conversation soon becomes boring, however, and your mind again wanders to Mr. Darcy. You can't figure it out. How can such a nice man like Mr. Bingley be so close to an arrogant bastard like Mr. Darcy? And why is he so rude anyway? If only you could speak with Mr. Bingley. Later that night, after you've returned home, you and your sisters exchange stories from the ball. Mrs. Bennet quickly dominates the conversation, however, with her reports of Mr. Bingley's interest in Jane. Her excitement only increases the next day, when Jane receives an invitation to dine at Netherfield, Mr. Bingley's estate. Your conniving mother concocts a devious plan. Jane must ride through the rain on horseback with the hopes of her falling ill and having to stay at Netherfield for an extra day or two. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. A letter arrives the next day, and apparently your mother's plan has worked marvelously. Jane is quite ill and cannot return for several days. Poor Jane! You cannot stand thinking of her in such a state. But what can you do? Do you stay home and pray, or do you visit your sister? Okay, I would like to just say that these people are hideous. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make her get pneumonia, so she has to... I was going to say, isn't this a time period where if people went out in the rain and got sick, they died? Yep. So This is like a risk of life. Like, ugh. Well, she has five daughters, right? Yeah. So maybe she figures that... Uh, but this is... The one that she sent out in the rain is the most pretty one. Right. The easiest one to marry off. And she's still risking her life for no reason. This is terrible. She's risking her life for love. And for 5,000 pounds a year. Right, yeah. So. <laughs> I would vote for going out to the castle or whatever. <laughs> what yeah. the option was isn't this Mr. 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 Bingley Mr. Bingley's place so. maybe we can get some answers from him about why Mr. Darcy is such an asshole 
or get go. or get some pounds from him. Oh yeah. So we can buy ourselves pretty things. <laughs> <laughs> The sun is shining and it's a beautiful day, so you decide to walk the few miles to Netherfield. The mud doesn't bother you because this visit will be a great opportunity to converse with and hopefully get information out of the Netherfield party concerning the mysterious Mr. Darcy. You arrive to a welcoming Mr. Bingley who shows you up to Jane's room. She looks awful, but well taken care of. It seems Mr. Bingley has made her as comfortable as possible. Oh, Remembering. Oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, this is a time where if a woman is compromised, um, she won't get be able to get married, and That's true. her family will be in ruins. That's true. So, or they will be forced to marry, which would make Mrs. Bennett very happy. You know, but it would make our character very sad, possibly. Yeah. Remembering your secret mission, you later venture down into the drawing room to talk with another field party. But rats! Mr. Darcy is there, drawing. How ironic. How is that ironic? Okay. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> what a dick. Anyway, you attempt to talk to Miss Bingley, but she proves to be only slightly more inviting than Mr. Darcy. Only you could speak with Mr. Bingley alone. The only thing you can glean from Miss Bingley is that she has an obvious, obnoxious crush on Mr. Darcy. Conversation among the two men only impresses upon you the fact that Mr. Darcy is well-spoken but haughty. Oh. Not the good kind of haughty. Not the good kind. <laughs> Perhaps you're going about this the wrong way. All evidence has pointed towards the fact that Mr. Darcy is a rude poop face. So where's the mystery there? Perhaps the question you should be focusing on is why the charming Mr. Bingley is hanging out with such a loathsome party. Furthermore, what does he want with your beloved sister Jane? You leave the estate with more questions than answers. So we're going home. And we Jane get eaten by a bear on the way home and we die. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just just well. like in the book, sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jane is well, but your mind is constantly toiling about the new developments from Netherfield. Though you wouldn't usually go into town with your younger sisters, Lydia and Kitty, you accept their offer today for a little distraction. The soldiers are out in full force. It seems Lydia has made a friend out of a soldier named Denny, who arrives with a dashing young man by the name of Wickham. As Lydia goes with Denny, you naturally go with Wickham, who quickly charms you. As conversation progresses, you find that you share a mutual acquaintance in, who else, Mr. Darcy. What luck! Perhaps he can clear a few things up for you. Even more luckily, Mr. Wickham seems eagerly to seems extremely eager to talk about him. You come away from the conversation with an even worse picture of Mr. Darcy, who apparently screwed Mr. Wickham out of a significant inheritance because of petty jealousy. You can't believe how easily Mr. Wickham trashed Mr. Darcy, and after only knowing you for a few days, but it all fits with your image of Mr. Darcy. Again, you must wonder about Bingley, who seems to be the only sane one out of the Netherfield party. You wonder at Mr. Wickham's motives, but dismiss your doubts because he's never done anything to offend you. Turns out, Mr. Bingley is throwing a ball at Netherfield. Do you invite Mr. Wickham or go with your sisters? Hmm. I think we should invite Mr. Wickham. Yeah. Because he's a nice young man. 
and he shares our hate for Mr. Darcy. And <laughs> Mr. Darcy was saying, I want a woman who can choose her own man. And that's what we're doing. So maybe Mr. Darcy will get jealous if he sees us there with Ooh. Mr. Wick. Ooh. You have, to, you have to be manipulative. You're thinking like a girl. I like this. <laughs> very conniving. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm very much in. girl games. Okay. I'm in on this plan. <laughs> All right, let's invite Mr. Wickham. Mr. Wickham is aware of the ball to be held at Netherfield, but respectfully declines your invitation, owing to his bitter dislike of Mr. Darcy. The explanation is a bit lacking. If Mr. Wickham is innocent, then he has nothing to lose by showing his face at the Netherfield Ball. On the other hand, he could just be trying to avoid a nasty confrontation. Regardless, you arrive at Netherfield with your four sisters, mother, and father. So basically, if he chose either option, it would turn out the same way. I think so. Sounds like it. I mean, this is a time where... A nasty interaction could end in a duel, right? Like, Mr. That's Wickham right. could sort of be risking his life. Yeah, that's a good point. But he is a soldier, isn't he? He is. So. Um, I have actually, I have a question about the real book. Uh-huh. Why is she so obsessed with this Darcy guy? She isn't really in the book. Oh, it's just... In the book, this information from Wickham come, kind of comes out of nowhere that she didn't really, and it kind of fuels her dislike of this guy. Okay. But she doesn't really care that much. She cares about her sister. Uh, and and hope, hoping that her sister gets it on with Mr. Bingley. And by gets it on, I mean getting married, because getting it on wasn't really appropriate at that time. Right. <laughs> Anyways. The Netherfield Ball is quite different from the ball at Longburn, much more intimate and dignified. The night is going smashingly well, but suddenly you find yourself being asked to dance by none other than Mr. Darcy. <laughs> what? Do you accept his offer or decline his offer? I think we should accept it because we want to find out more about him because he's so mysterious. Ooh, so mysterious. Yeah, I think we should accept because last Let's time do it. we went counter- to Mr. Yeah. Darcy, we died. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Honor killing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I accept. Flustered, you accept Mr. Darcy's offer. It doesn't have to be all bad, however. Now's your chance to go straight to the horse's mouth and ask him about his tomfoolery. You casually mention Mr. Wickham's plight, which he shows no sympathy for. Mr. Darcy seems to think he's done nothing wrong. And suggests that, in fact, Mr. Wickham is the one in the wrong. Who's right? Could this be false evidence or a clue against Wickham? All signs point to Wickham's innocence, but you cannot ignore the lingering doubt in your mind. What's really going on between him and Mr. Darcy? You plan to get to the bottom of it. Confused but determined, you go home. Ding! I feel like this is taking a Scooby-Doo turn. Is that the doorbell? Sure. <laughs> or the turning page ding? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a few weeks after the ball, Jane receives a letter from Mr. Bingley's sister. It turns out the entire Netherfield party has left for London indefinitely. This really throws a wrench into your mother's plans for Jane and Mr. Bingley getting married. Jane is devastated. Who is behind this? 
Could it be Mr. Darcy acting like a jackass as usual? (laughs) Or Miss Bingley trying to keep her brother from marrying below his class? Or Mr. Bingley himself showing his true colors? How will you deal with this new development? Will you go take care of that conniving Miss Bingley or comfort poor Jane? (laughs) Go take care of, like, fisticuffs? (laughs) Right? Are we just going to walk up and slap her in the face? No, for some reason I thought of just going to comfort your sister and saying, it's okay, friendship is magic. I don't know. I think we should do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we can pass up an opportunity to deploy that particular piece of advice. Friendship is magic. Okay. Let's go comfort poor Jane. You console your sister, but your mother, who apparently can't take a hint, sends her off to London. Things get pretty boring around the house, so you accept the offer of your friend Charlotte, who has recently married your beloved cousin, Mr. Collins, to visit their home. Mr. Collins gives you the full tour of his humble abode, 90% of which is to praise the great Lady Catherine, who has invited you to visit her estate, Rosings. Do you ask Mr. Collins to speak with you in private before leaving, or accept the opportunity to escape the Collins residence? I, I feel like we should talk in private. We're investigating stuff, right? Right. That's true. It's like a Nancy Drew story. Yeah, speaking in private is... A way to get more information. And we're leaving for the thing anyway, so I can't see any reason to not talk to him for a minute before we go. Sure, let's try it. Uh, We die. (laughs) Colin strangles you. (laughs) Oh, this this is weird. Okay, you are unable to keep quiet. You must speak with him at once. Mr. Collins, I have struggled in vain. I was such a fool when I declined your offer of marriage. I have seen the light now and realized that we are perfect for each other. Will you please take this most humbled Elizabeth, not as your wife, but as your mistress? What? A startled Mr. Collins acts as if he hadn't heard you, and you proceed to Rosie. (laughs) How do you not hear that? What? I think think he's in shock. Hmm. And I'm in shock because I would never do that because Mr. Collins is an asshole. <laughs> Wait, I I get really I'm really confused now. Who's Mr. Collins? Um, so in the books, he's your cousin, and the reason why your mom is so determined to marry off you and your sisters is because um the estate um, that you live on is entailed away from from your line because um, your parents never had a boy. Oh, okay. So it goes, so once your father dies, the estate goes to Mr. Collins. Okay, I got you. Which is why your mom really wanted you to marry him. But I thought you said that he married our sister or something. He married your friend, your best friend. Charlotte. Okay. Mm-hmm. He marries your best friend after you refuse him. And now we're coming back to him? Apparently. Okay. Which is really... I thought we were trying to get information about the guy. I know, I thought so too! (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But then again, like, asking to speak in private during this time usually means you want to propose. 
So um, uh, I should have warned you, but well, also I doesn't sound like it's this. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's very private either. Isn't she kind of yelling at him? It, it seems like it. It sounds like she just shouted in the hall. Please fuck I mean, me on the side. <laughs> God. All right, so we're gonna get out of the Collins residence. Okay. Rosings is one of the grandest estates you've ever seen. Dinner's a bit strained, what with Lady Catherine criticizing your manners and your upbringing. (laughs) What a bitch. (laughs) Thankfully, you were relieved by the company of Mr. Darcy's handsome cousin, Colonel Fitzwilliam. So, Mr. Darcy is there. Basically. This is not very well explained out in this You make a quick friend out of Fitzwilliam and speak of your disappointment in the Bingleys moving to London. Turns out that Fitzwilliam has a clue. His cousin, Mr. Darcy, mentioned in passing his recent breakup of a mismatched young couple. He cannot remember the names, but it's clear to you that the couple he's referring to is that of your beloved sister. How could this be true? Even though you knew Mr. Darcy was disagreeable, now he's nothing more than a monster in your eyes. On this note, you return to the Collins place. Wow, Mr. Darcy's an asshole. Yeah, I agree. So he broke up their their thing? He broke up your beloved Jane and her Mr. Bingley. That's not good. That's not good, man. You don't mess with my sister. Right. Alright, after finishing your morning cup of tea, the person you want to see least of all, Mr. Darcy, shows up unannounced. In a most unexpected turn of events, he confesses his love for you and proposes marriage. Mr. How do you Darcy react? does? Yeah. Well, that's one How way to learn react? more about him. Do you accept it or reject it? Oh no, we accept and we make the rest of his life a living hell. <laughs> I feel like this happens in the book. But it I don't want to do it. does happen in the book. He proposes in the book. That's what I'm, oh, I meant that, like, I feel like we buried him in the book, but I don't want to do that. Okay, so we're rejecting him? Or are we accepting and making his life a living hell? Keep your enemies close. Come on, <laughs> I defended my position with a cliche. All right. All right, let's, let's do it. accept it and make his life a living let's hell. Let's take the plunge. Let's do it. Oh. <laughs> Don't be so naive. He may be rich and handsome, but all clues have painted him as a prival, disdainful man. Don't be stupid, Elizabeth. Don't you pride yourself in your sensibility? You cannot morally align yourself with this man, having no evidence to the contrary of his misdeeds. If you were to overturn your current opinion of Mr. Darcy, you'll need to uncover an alibi if he has one. Game over. <laughs> I am terrible at this game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we did that long it, long enough. Yeah. Okay. I like I like to head cannon into that we made his life a living hell. Yeah, that's a, <laughs> I like that. I like I like that's that funny. a lot. It's really different from what happens in the book, but <laughs> the ultimate revenge, marry him. No, in the book you you refuse the first time. And then after you gather more evidence about what kind of person he, you, he really is, then when he proposes again, that's when you accept. So like all of the awful things that we've heard of so far get justified? 
Well, except for how he treated your beloved Jane. That's never justified. So he fucked over our sister out of spite, but we forget no, about that. he didn't do it out of spite. He does it because he doesn't think that your sister's in love with him. Who's he to say? That's I know. Not his job. I know. That's that part I, I, I've always been like, ugh, what an asshole. I guess we're going to move on to our last story for today, then. Let's do it. Which is the one I chose. Kittens of Mystery. Whee! Yes. This kitten attempted to fly the entire Atlantic Ocean and disappeared. What happened to this kitten? I think that would be Kitten Mysteries, not Mysterious Kitten. Okay. That would be like a, one of those... I think all kittens are mysterious. That's My what makes them wonderful. My cat is currently glaring at me from her box. <laughs> that's what cats do. That's they glare at you all day. Do. They do. That's, that's why we love them. Or hate them. Um, yeah. For those people who hate them. Uh, so yes, uh, the story that we're going to play, that's my choice uh, this time around, is called Mysterious Kitten. Um, and quote, in this game, after you rescue a mysterious kitten, you're catapulted on an adventure through another world, attempting to liberate it from its evil dictator. <laughs> catapulted. <laughs> I wonder if that was intentional. <laughs> well, it didn't say pun not intended, so it was probably not. Aww. So, let's get started with Mysterious Kitten. Oh, and this is a fantasy adventure by Martial Arts Master. That's his Hi-ya! name. That's his name so. <laughs> Maybe the kitten's a ninja. We'll see. Oh. You lead a relatively normal life, or at least as normal as life gets on the planet Earth. Then, one rainy day, you spot an orange kitten outside, looking cold, wet, and miserable. Oh, Aww. I feel sorry for the kitty. You take pity on the poor creature and bring it inside, not realizing that this good deed will soon be rewarded with the adventure of a lifetime. <gasps> See what happens next. Ding. Then, to your amazement, the kitten speaks to you. <laughs> what? What? Ah, what a fine day it is, it says with a sigh of relief. <laughs> I thought no one would rescue me and prove himself or herself worthy. You scream and leap back. You can talk, you shout. Well, of course I can talk, the kitten snaps. I'm not from your world. <laughs> do we ask the kitten what world it's from, or do we kick the kitten out of our house because it's too weird? Oh. I, I, I think there's only one option that's really worth doing I think doing there's here. only one option we can pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's ask the kitten where it's from. I'm from the planet Cattopia, <laughs> the kitten responds. It is entirely populated by cats and fish, our source of food. It was once a peaceful world, but not anymore, you ask? The kitten nods. Fish uprising. <laughs> <laughs> it has been conquered by a selfish dictator. Selfish? Oh. Selfish dictator from a human planet much like yours who demands that we give him anything he wants, the kitten says angrily. So what if you refuse, you ask? The dictator, whose name is Kogwog, executes you himself, or has his soldiers do it, the kitten responds casually. By the way, my name is Yiddick. Pleased to meet you. Now will you help me? And by the way, Yiddick, I can already see his kitty spelled backwards. <laughs> Y-T-T-I-K. So maybe it's Yiddick. Yeah. I don't know. Awesome. 
Yes, I'll help you, you respond. Then, by some magic trick you don't understand, you are suddenly in another world. Wow, that's the best exposition I've ever read. Convenient. <laughs> it just happens. You look around. It looks harmless enough. Trees, rivers, clean air. It's like a paradise. You look around further and notice many cats around. Do we talk to the cats? Or do we try to find Cogwog so we can kick Dictator Butt? Ooh. Mm. I think we should talk to the cats to get more information. And also because they're adorable. And I just want to pet them all. <laughs> Plus, if we talk to the Dictator, we might get killed. Yeah. yeah, I feel like. Let's try to get more, more information first. Information. Then yeah, we okay. go get killed. <laughs> That's the way we do it on this show. Dang. That's oh, we get right. stuffed in a sack and drowned. <laughs> That's so sad. You walk over to the cats, Idik alongside you. Oh, Idik, I see you managed to bring a human back after all. A milk white cat cheers. This cat. See, it just seems weird because you you say it's a white cat, but like if it's people, you don't like explain what color they are. <laughs> this cat, a female, judging by her voice, runs over to Idik and licks him affectionately. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's how we do it. This is my girlfriend, Takisit. What the heck are these names? <laughs> just like they took letters and put them on a page. Idik, your guide explains. If you excuse me, I have business with her to attend to. Oh, Ooh. shit. It's going down. Nice. Um, so rude. This is already a successful story. Actually, we're not that <laughs> cat, so that doesn't really count. Oh. Idik and Takisit leave, leaving you to speak with the other cats. We desperately need your help, a black and orange spotted cat says to you. Cogwog milks us dry all the time metaphorically speaking. Sometimes he takes our homes, sometimes our food, sometimes our... Wait, 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 you interrupt. You have houses? Of course we do, a mahogany-colored cat says, insulted. These cats must be like humans in terms of living style, you think to yourself. Aloud you say, so how do I beat this cogwog? An ebony-colored cat says to you, so this is the black character, it won't be easy, Cogwog is no ordinary human. He has taken drugs that have given him superhuman capabilities. The drugs oh. have a side effect, though. If Cogwog is splashed with water, he reverts to normal. How? <laughs> That's a cat for What you. kind of drugs are those? Damn. <laughs> Would that be great if there were drugs that made you really powerful, but if you needed to like pass a drug test, you could just splash yourself with water? And they'd be gone. <laughs> that, that would, would be, be nice. That would be cool. You shout in disbelief. Then why haven't you been able to beat him yet? Because his soldiers are perfectly normal and well-trained, a gold-colored cat explains. They protect him. You barely have time to think this over before a superhuman-looking human and his soldiers arrive. Like he's wearing tights and a cape? This Ooh. must be Cogwog himself, along with the soldiers. So Cogwog is a guy? I thought it was a cat. No, no. Not the dude. He's from oh. a human-like world like ours. Oh, right. See, I'm reading it. I'm not even catching this. Thanks to the advice of the cats, you quickly grab a nearby pitcher and scoop it full of water. You take on the soldiers and distract them, you say to the cats. The cats nod and start fighting the soldiers. Do you approach Cogwog from... Okay, I guess we're fighting him. Do we approach him from uh, behind, from his left, from his right, or from his front? Behind? Right? You don't want him to see you with your water. Right. 
Although, remember when we tried to attack those pirates? The space pirates? <laughs> we tried to attack them from behind, and then they turned around really quick and shot us. And yeah. we died. He does have superpowers. Maybe, like, if we try to sneak up on him, he sees us and, like, turns around and grabs us. But if we try and come from the front, he'll start monologuing. <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. I'm contemplating because from his left and from his right are two different options so maybe I don't know if those are just there as basically the same option or right and I'm like how do we get behind him because I think he's coming straight at yeah. us yeah Jen ask your kitty mm, kitty what do we do meow 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 no, she's too happy in her box <laughs> you want to come from behind i guess i mean that seems like a oh. logical answer oh baby <laughs> well i am a sexy fireman but i'm not that kind of sexy fireman well actually i am yeah uh, what other kind of sexy fireman would there be that's true yeah um i assume you brought your hose oh <laughs> i heard there was some heat in this room <laughs> I'm guessing you're really good at sliding down that pole. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> this is getting a little weird. Okay. Uh, let's go from behind. I guess. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes, take him from behind. <laughs> you... <laughs> Friendship with magic. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. All right. You approach Cogwog from behind and successfully splash him with water. What? No! He screams, reverting back to normal. As the cats subdue the soldiers, you pin Cogwog's arms behind him. Idik, get out of here and take me and this loser back to my own world, you shout. Idik walks out looking flushed for some reason. Just what was he doing with Takisit? You have to wonder. <laughs> And concentrates. So basically, he just got laid, and then he walks out and has to, like, deal with this dictator. Oh. <laughs> Suddenly, you are back in your world, and Kogwu... So they changed the name of this character, by the way. Well, now he's not On this super, whole page, he's he spelling it differently. A, he loses a concept. So now he's Kogwu. Suddenly, you are back in your world, and Kogwu with you. Kogwu looks around him. This looks a lot like the world I came from, he remarks. Yeah, but how you get... Why, without a home, you ask? At this, Kogwu is angry. Well, thanks to you, I'll have to live in the wild, he shouts, running off into the forest near your house. Congratulations, you have beaten Kogwu. That's how Bigfoot was born. <laughs> so we won. We won? Yeah. We, we won first won. try? Apparently. What? Well, this is a very short one, so maybe there weren't too many ways to lose. But I'm I like, so happy. I like the theory that we were just so smart that we were able to beat it. We released an interstellar dictator into the forest so that he can gorge himself on probably psychedelic mushrooms and do whatever he feels like doing for the maybe next that's, however. Maybe that's how we got back how we got to the cat planet in the first place. Right, mm. we've created a time loop. <laughs> so this episode had cat sex. It had <laughs> British people, and it had yeah. friendship. Friendship is magic, guys. That's the moral for today. <laughs>
We didn't come up with a moral for the last episode. Uh. <laughs> Don't go to space. Don't go to space. Space is frightening. Space is bad. <laughs> so, listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, we encourage you to check out our other episodes as well by joining us on Facebook at facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast. That stands for Go Your Own Way, which is the name of the show, if you don't already know that. And hopefully you do, if you're listening to it. Um, you can also find us on iTunes by searching Go Your Own Way under the uh, podcast section. And we should be right there. You can also find us on hcn.tv. That's our uh, wonderful host where we post um, these podcasts. So check them out. They got other podcasts as well and articles and stuff. All right. Yeah. Bye. Wow. Okay, bye, guys. (laughs) See you next week. Friendship is magic. Don't forget. (laughs) Don't forget. See you on the cat planet. Oh. Oh, ah, my friend was in a band, and he had a song called Pork Channel on the Cat Planet. What? Really? Yeah, his idea was that on the cat planet, watching people do, like, their usual random things would be, like, porn for cats, because of that weird way that cats watch you (laughs) when you do things, so... So it's not really a cat planet, you're just a cat looking at people. Well, no, his idea was that cats are here setting up secret monitors to watch us do our thing and then uh, beaming it back to Cat Planet. Okay. So our cats, basically their purpose is to stream porn back to the Cat Planet. Yeah, exactly. What kind, yeah, of, so what kind of band was it? It was a science function band. Wow, I've never heard of that. That's a thing? As far as I know, they're the only science function band. Two of them existed. Um, yeah. Well, shout out to that band, whatever it is. Two Point Suspicion. Shout out to Two Point Suspicion. And something, something Cat Planet. Porn channel on the Cat Planet. That's it. Yep. Check it out. Yeah. Now that you're done listening to us, you can go check out that cool song. Yep. It's actually on SoundCloud somewhere. Interesting. I love SoundCloud, so maybe I'll go check it out. (laughs) All right, well, you've heard enough of us. Go back to your normal lives, people. Till next time. Woo! Woo! Bye, guys! Bye! Good night, or day, wherever you're listening to this. Good dawn. Good Good dawn. Good dusk. (laughs) Dumb. (laughs) Go from behind. Good evening. Good afternoon. (laughs) Good morning. Is is go from behind the other moral of the story? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Always go hard from behind. Oh, man. (laughs) If you say so. All right. If you're looking for more magical podcasts like this one, visit hcn.tv. Thanks for listening.